Today, do we have a show for you? One of the most popular, the most requested items that I have had since starting this show, we are going to discuss today. That topic is public domain. What is the public domain? What characters are actually in the public domain? And even more interesting, what is coming? You might have heard about all the news surrounding Conan over in Europe. Conan is in the public domain. How does that affect what's going on over here? Why is Marvel giving up the license? Why are they not renewing it? What's going on with Buck Rogers, Superman, Mickey Mouse, Batman, Dick Tracy, and so much more? We, we get down in the weeds with this, down in the nitty-gritty. I try and explain it as best as I can, all today on Observations. Hey everybody, this is Rob Liefeld and you are listening to another edition of Observations. We talk about comic books, we talk about pop culture, we talk about all the comic books in pop culture, the movies, the streaming, the games, the action figures, and we cover it all. This show was intended to have you walk alongside me during my journey and my love affair and my con- consumption of all things comic books since uh, since 1974, since I was seven years old. I've never looked back. Uh, early Marvel and DC Comics just uh, grabbed my attention and took me on this incredible ride. And it is so amazing to watch uh, how they have just completely permeated all aspects of public life and living uh, all across the world. I have traveled the world in the last couple of years and, and I can tell you, you know, comic book superheroes are everywhere. In a hotel that I was staying in this last weekend, there was a giant banner. It featured all the DC superheroes. Uh, Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman were front and center. And the big banner said here at the Hilton, there's an upcoming weekend, like uh, I think a week from now, middle of May, late May, superhero weekend, come Learn about superheroes at the Hilton. And this isn't exactly a Hilton located in some giant, you know, metropolitan area, some big city, but it's like someone's doing a superhero symposium at a at a local hotel and they've got the banners all over the hotel. Pretty nice hotel too. Again, it's a, 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 a one of the larger change Hilton. So again, superheroes everywhere, all the time. And we talk about them. Today, we're going to jump right into get right into a subject that I have been putting off for years as we close in on uh, the, 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 the true beginning of, of, of our third year uh, on this show, born in the, in the uh, loneliness of the pandemic when, when I needed to talk comics with somebody and my son said, Dad, I can get you this Yeti mic and you can talk to the Yeti mic and if you choose to upload those, do it. So, Props to Chase Liefeld for hooking his dad up with this podcast in the in the first place. And uh, so here's the deal. Public domain. What is the public domain? We are going to scratch the surface of public domain characters today. And what does that mean? And I've been getting requests for the longest time for people to, uh, to discuss public domain. The public domain is when a character falls out of the protection of a corporation and into your hands, my hands, anyone's hand. It's the public's. And and in that realm, you may create works of art. You may create works featuring those characters. Now that is the broadest, in the broadest sense, so you understand what we're the, the topic we are discussing today. It has several legal underpinnings, and that's going to come with the understanding of copyright and trademark. But somebody, a character such as Robin Hood, a character such as Robin Hood is a public domain character. That's why you see all manner of Robin Hood uh, uh, stories, movies, films, comics, books, toys, and no one ever blinks and everybody's doing it somewhere somehow because he fell into the public domain. Frankenstein's monster, certain depictions of Dracula, those, those are another great example of public domain uh, characters that we've just grown up with that, that have been in the public domain since I was a kid and since I am old, that means they've been in the public domain for a really, really long time. But there's a lot of interesting stuff happening in the public domain space. My own interest in the public domain was peaked in the late 90s when Disney moved um, mountains to protect 
Mickey Mouse. And th- this this was something that grabbed my attention. And, 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 and during this time that they were covering the, uh, the, 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 the Mickey Mouse uh, public domain issues, Superman also popped into view. And they're like, wait a second, Mickey Mouse and Superman, what, what, like, wow, this is, um, this is really interesting. So the, uh, this all was happening towards the end of the nineties and it was, uh, covered by the fact that Mickey Mouse, who, originally appeared in a cartoon, as you know, called Steamboat Willie, uh, that, 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 that Mickey Mouse, as part of Steamboat Willie, uh, which was, you know, debuted in, in, in the 20s, like the 1920s, was set to fall into the public domain. Well, this uh, this was obviously troubling to their to the giant corporation that has built a gazillion dollars, okay, a gazillion dollars in, in, into the image and 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 the selling and the exploitation of their. I mean, come on, their mascot. When you think of Mickey Mouse, you think of Disneyland. When you think of Disneyland, you think of Mickey Mouse. You do. So, copyrighted works published in 1923 are supposed to eventually fall into the public domain. But in 1998, works published in 1922 or earlier were considered to be in the public domain. Um, 1923 works were scheduled to expire at the beginning of 1999. You might have heard of a congressman named Sonny Bono because when I was growing up, he was half of Sonny and Cher. Yes, Sonny and Cher play a part in all of this this discussion that we're going to have today. Uh, Sonny Bono, many, many believe, uh, uh, wooed by Disney dollars and, and, and the backing of Disney. Sonny Bono, who was a, a congressman from Palm Springs, the beautiful uh, providence of Palm Springs, California. It was, people were all shocked when he ran, uh, you know, uh, uh, for office and, and, and got it. Cause they're like, Hey, that's, that's Sonny Bono. And again, Sonny and Cher were a huge, in, in case you don't know who I'm talking about, Cher obviously is an iconic singer performer. Uh, she, 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 she's, uh, you know, really, I mean, I, I one of the, the, the very like personas that fit the, 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 the moniker icon. Okay. And, uh, she, she, she and Sonny had a show that ran on television, a variety show where they'd come out and host and sing and dance and have other guests in the seventies. And many people felt as if Sony, Sonny of Sonny and Cher was real, was, was just kind of sitting around watching Cher do her thing and kind of cashing in on, on her talent by being her husband. But Sonny was actually a successful producer and, uh, you know, very integral to to the transformation of Cher. Eventually, obviously, they divorce, break up, go their separate ways. She becomes a monster of of, of a talent. Uh, Sonny, still riding off of this, you know, notoriety, uh, is a well known public figure. He runs and and become he gets into public office. He becomes a a a congressman. He introduced. The Sonny Bono Copyright Term Extension Act. So it added 20 years to all the terms of the older works that were about to fall into the public domain. So it extended anything that was about to fall into public domain in 1999, hello, Mickey Mouse, and knocked it to 2019. So again, what does this mean? Is it the Mickey Mouse that stands in front of Disneyland? That's going to get knocked into the public domain eventually. It, no, that that guy, Mickey Mouse, the one that walks around Disneyland, is not available for you because he's been, for lack of a better term, he's been uh, uh, kind of made into a derivative of the Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse. But certainly, the Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse is the beginnings. He he is the actual, uh, he is the base DNA of Mickey Mouse. And Steamboat Willie has gained a lot of 
attention over the years, that cartoon and the depiction of Mickey Mouse, that is the Mickey Mouse that falls into the public domain, not the many derivatives and the evolution of the character that Disney has created in the many years since. So, the on January 1st, 2024, the expiration of the copyright of Steamboat Willie will occur. And with it, Disney's claim to Mickey Mouse. Uh, around this time is when, within this realm, is when the copyrights to Superman, Batman, Snow White, and the early Looney Tunes characters are going to fall into the public domain as well. That's going to happen in 2031 to 2035, barring another congressional act, another Sonny Bono uh, copyright term extension act. Okay? So, you know, there was not another fight that occurred uh, in, in 2018 as it did in 98 to prevent, you know, what was about to happen in 1999. Because here's the deal, as as these characters have become more popular and truly is Frankenstein, the truth of the matter is that Frankenstein and, and Robin Hood's, you know, original authors, Dracula, uh, if they were around and they had the big corporation backing that exists now, they would also have fought to have kept those characters out because the corporations do what corporations do. They want to own and exploit what they believe to be absolutely theirs. And the uh, the <sighs> renewal of another fight to, to maybe thwart another extension has not occurred. Uh, many people thought that by 2018, this would occur. And uh, that did not happen in 2018. Congress left it alone. They left the existing laws in place. So those 1923 copyrights were expiring on schedule. Now, the bottom line is uh, the expiration of these copyrights for these characters are going to raise and continue to raise tricky new legal questions. After 2024, Disney will not have the right uh, well, they won't have any copyright protection for Mickey's original incarnation. But again, not the Mickey Mouse that is walking around giving you hugs at Disney World and Disneyland. He has been uh, altered. He has been, uh, you know, uh, derivatized. Um, and and and, but it's the original Steamboat Willie that depiction, which is similar. He is similar, but certainly not exactly what you see now. And again, the name Mickey Mouse will be part of it. But Disney is still going to own the copyrights for all the later incarnations. Exact, you know, it, like like that's exactly what I'm trying to like, uh, 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 you know, kind of get across in, in this discussion, because people really, when you are introduced to the the idea of the public domain, your mind spins, okay, and then you got to slow it down and realize what's 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 available, what's not available, and and what's what's uh, what's possible and what's not possible. There is a uh, scholar at the Cornell School of Law named James Grimmelman, and he says this is an uncharted area for law because licensing practices for modern characters are so much more intensive and more comprehensive now than in the 20s and 30s. There was never an age of mega characters in the same way there is now. So the uh, the most copyrighted works uh, become become commercially worthless uh most copyrighted works become commercially worthless within a decade or two but a small minority of very famous works from the 1920s and 1930s were still generating significant revenues throughout the 1990s retroactively extending these copyright terms was intended to create a windfall for the companies and families that owned the copyrights this goes back to the sonny bono act that he put forth when he was in congress um, the, 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 an, another attorney states that there is not a single argument that can actually stand up to any sort of reasonable un analysis in this regard to this copyright falling into the public domain and continuing to extend it. But he says the public domain uh, only has a few defenders. Um, the arguments for the longer copyright term extensions aren't very strong. Uh, the... the uh, the bottom line is that we are, you know, w with these companies stopping uh, th th this battle to extend uh, th their characters, that that we are really coming on the biggest windfall uh, 
uh, of characters that could potentially their their original versions again, not the derivatives. Let's 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 uh, you know, that they could be falling into the hands of people where you could make a Mickey Mouse story. Now, could you sell it as Mickey Mouse? You cannot. We're going to cover that in a minute. You, we'll cover it now. You cannot. If you were able to suddenly, if anyone, if your third grader, you, your grandma, could draw and write Mickey Mouse stories, uh, you could not put Mickey Mouse on the cover. You could do a story on the interior of a book, possibly even feature the character in, in on the cover without identifying that because the identification of Mickey Mouse falls into trademark. And, and, and you cannot infringe on the trademark because those have been covered and renewed and, and those exist, the trademark cannot be compromised even if the copyright can be comp um, compromised. And we're going to get into some, some instances of this later in this episode as we're building towards really the, the, the discussion that we're going to go further into and get away from Mickey Mouse and Superman and all the stuff that hasn't occurred is the stuff that actually is big pop culture names that you recognize like Buck Rogers and Conan the Barbarian who are now very much at the forefront of this uh, public domain uh, exploration, uh, exploitation uh, 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 kind of movement that, that I'm talking about. Again, you cannot, a, a, a casual glance at Steamboat Willie depiction, Mickey Mouse's uh, depiction in Steamboat Willie and, and the depiction that Marvel, uh, Marvel, <laughs> sorry, DC, <laughs> sorry, Disney, Disney has of Mickey Mouse. A casual glance shows that they uh, have altered the appearance so that even if you were to uh, have have a means to exploit the Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse, you can't exploit their Mickey Mouse. And if you don't think that they will drop a ton of lawyers on your head like 10 pianos, you are mistaken. So here's the deal about public domain characters and the legal minefield that they represent. Companies like Disney enjoy layers of legal protection for a character like Mickey Mouse, that they own the copyright to the original version um, and the subsequent versions. And those subsequent versions are the ones that are better known and more, you know, modern. Um, they also have the trademarks. Again, you cannot, you will not be able to advertise that you have Mickey Mouse. Can you do a story? Can you put it in a comic? Can you feel good like you made a Mickey Mouse story? Yes, but you will not be able to put on the cover Mickey Mouse by fill in the blank, by your name or by some name. Um, certainly Rob Liefeld will not be doing that. Um, the copyright of the original version of Mickey Mouse will expire. Again, as we've said, January 1st, 2024. But all the other rights associated with Mickey Mouse are going to, they're going to stay in place. For example, if you wanted to create a new Mickey Mouse toy without authorization from Disney, you will be free to do that, but only if it looks like Steamboat Willie. Now, to the point where I, I, have, I don't remember the entirety of the cartoon, but you may have to have a hat on Mickey Mouse in the in the same manner that Mickey is wearing uh, his hat in Steamboat Willie. He also doesn't have the white gloves. Um, he doesn't, you know, the, 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 the even even to the, to the point of the colors. It may that you it may be that you only can produce a black and white version of the Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse. Obviously, Mickey Mouse continues to evolve. And he uh, and the modern Mickey is most certainly and absolutely and will maintain protection by Walt Disney. Uh, so again, Mickey's white gloves, he didn't have them on in Steamboat Willie, okay? Uh, so you're, you're not going to try and make a toy or a version of Mickey with white gloves because then you've boom triggered that that white glove Mickey Mouse is the one that Disney currently has the copyright and the trademark protection on. So uh, again, I just want to underscore, you may have to make him black and white. Because there was no colors. So you would actually have to do some real research into what you could even produce color-wise in regards to depicting the Mickey Mouse from Steamboat Willie. So Disney will be extremely careful uh, in how they defend this. Count on it. So again, another popular character that you know and you've absolutely consumed because Robert Downey portrayed him, you've consumed him recently, is Sherlock Holmes. Those books that were published between 1887 and 1927 are mostly in the public domain. Um, only the later volumes fall under copyright. And uh, the estate of Arthur Conan Doyle, who authored Sherlock Holmes, tried to stop the publication of a book based on the Sherlock Holmes character, arguing that the full complexity of Sherlock Holmes was not revealed until later in the series. 
So the Seventh Circuit Appeals Court <clears throat> rejected this argument completely and, and, and found that people were free to create new Sherlock Holmes books as long as they didn't use elements of the Holmes canon that were introduced in the books that were later and still covered. These are the exact same legal issues, the ones about Sherlock Holmes that are going to cover and arise when you are attempting to make any sort of uh, public domain representations of the characters that are coming into the public domain, early versions of Batman, Superman, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Winnie the Pooh. In a few years, truly, it will be legal to create new creative works that are based on these characters I just named you. I'm going to name them again. Batman, Superman, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Winnie the Pooh. Okay, it's going to be, you will be able to do that, but you will not be able to, again, advertise them because that falls under tra trademark. If you're trying to now compete with the selling of that character, you will fall significantly short and into legal trouble. But could you do a anthology book? Could you call it cartoon characters? And inside you have your versions of these characters? Yes, you can. You will not be able to exploit them on the cover with their, their names and bold you know, proclamations, uh, advertising that they're in, on the interior, because that falls under advertising and is covered under trademark. So, so, you know, you're, 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 you're going to be really, you know, have to be careful how you create new works based on these characters, even, even the possibility. And, and there's the discussion that, that this would be possible of selling toys and merchandise, doing this without, you know, violating the copyright that exists on, on the stuff that doesn't fall from the public domain. So it's a real tightrope. The original shareholders are always going to be looking over their shoulders. Even if anyone is able to make a new Batman cartoon after 2035, they will have to be careful to only use the elements from Batman's original incarnation. Storylines, characters, and other elements that were released in later years will still be covered under copyright. You're not going to have access to Bane and the Riddler and Catwoman, okay? Those those aren't... It's it's Maybe it's just Batman standing on a rooftop, Okay. And that's what you get. You get a Batman who protects a city, but you will not be able to veer into all of the other, you know, areas that we have that really have made the, the, the Batman mythos so spectacular. So uh, when it comes to Buck Rogers, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to Conan the Barbarian, these are characters that are currently... Uh, under heavy uh, consideration in in regards to that their that their copyrights have have lapsed and there there are already competing projects let's go to, let's go to Buck Rogers many of you grew up with Buck Rogers as I did I was aware of him as a comic book character um, from cartoon strips but then they put out Buck Rogers in the is it the 24th century with Gil Gerard and uh and and uh you know the 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 property completely blew up in the late 70s early 80s it was by the entire team that did Battlestar Galactica which included which included uh the um uh Guys who did Star Wars, a lot of the same guys who did the special effects from Star Wars went from Battlestar Galactica, and when Battlestar Galactica, Galactica didn't go beyond its first season, they all moved and pivoted towards doing special effects for Buck Rogers in the 25th century, which starred Gil Gerard, or Gerard, excuse me, Gil, I've met you, I hope I'm not mispronouncing your name, Aaron Gray as Wilma Deering. This went on to be a uh, very successful show on NBC for the kind of duration i think it was expensive but it was a fun show uh the original the show was launched with a with a theatrical film that had a bigger budget that i've enjoyed watching recently i've got the whole thing on box set i'm sure you do too and now i'm sure it's all over uh somehow somewhere you can get this um available on uh on on a streaming network i, I am positive it could be even on you know peacock for all i know but so just this last year just in, in, in the last few months. George Clooney and Legendary Pictures, Legendary Pictures, which gave you the Hangover films, the um, Christopher Nolan Batman films, they gave you the Godzilla films, they gave you the uh, all, all of the Zack Snyder 
DC Films, okay? Legendary Pictures and George Clooney announced that they are going they were working on a Buck Rogers project. Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Uh, the, the, it excited people. You know, hey, George Clooney, Legendary Pictures, huge production entity, huge producers, huge star. And, uh, you know, really Buck Rogers has not been in the mainstream. So, so guys like me that, who are teenagers when Buck Rogers came out, we're fading. My kids really don't know who Buck Rogers is. Your kids probably don't know who Buck Rogers is. Um, so, so they, it was announced that they would be doing a big, you know, uh, uh, media movies, TV series. They, they really want to exploit Buck Rogers. Well, right behind them was Skydance Pictures. Why do you know Skydance? You know, the Skydance Pictures logo in front of all the Mission Impossible films of the last decade. You know them. They're about to be in front of the new Top Gun, uh, sequel that's going to blaze into theaters here. Uh, Skydance Pictures is a big uh, production entity. They, 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 there was a uh, there was a time travel. Uh, the, maybe it was called the Forever War. It had Chris Pratt. It was on Amazon. Skydance did that last year. They are a very uh, they're a big production house. They're known for big, expensive, um, giant again productions like Mission Impossible and 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 Top Gun too. And uh, Skydance announced that they would be moving forward with their Buck Rogers film. And they will be working with the estate uh, of the creator to transition the character under their kind of, you know, purview. So what's happened is now we have rival Buck Rogers, one with legendary huge production company, George Clooney, the other with Skydance, giant production company. And they have announced we've got, you know, we've got the author standing next to us. Well, Buck Rogers is indeed in the public domain. Rival studios can do uh, and can, can, for all purposes, do whatever they want with the character. Again, by Skydance saying, well, we have Philip Francis Nolan's estate helping us transition. Th they're trying to say, we've got the blessing. We've got the blessing. The blessing matters. And, and that's up to the public to decide whether the blessing matters. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, the better version that, 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 that is more appealing, that pushes all the buttons, will be the one that matters. So Buck Rogers originally was introduced in a... A book which I have, I got at a used bookstore like 35 years ago called Armageddon 2419. It's a small, slight, very thin book. Um, it the, the copyright for Armageddon 2419 was never renewed. And so he appeared uh, as Anthony Rogers, yet to be referred to as Buck. It'll create an interesting loophole to see who gets to, you know, in, in, in the regards to the public domain, how they work that into. But Anthony Rogers... And his character and his entire concept was introduced in Armageddon 2419. Now, that little robot, uh, uh, was it Tiki, Tweaky, from, 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 from Buck Rogers? Uh, bitty, 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 that guy, okay? I'm not sure he's up for, um, like, your version of Buck Rogers, if you're planning on doing it and you want to go pack with someone right now and make your announcement, you're not going to include him. Go read whatever is available in Armageddon 2419, and that is what you can exploit. So Buck Rogers is probably the biggest of the, the last of the biggest kind of awareness um, um, characters. But I will shock and awe you with, uh, with the news that, again, Superman, Superman will enter the public domain in 2033. Now, not the Superman that you see and, and recognize as Christopher Reeves, the Superman that I love and the Neil Adams epic Superman versus the Muhammad Ali, not the Supermans that you've seen uh, uh, portrayed by all manner of these different productions, whether it's on the CW with Lois and Clark um, or, or Superman and Lois or certainly Henry Cavill's, you know, portrayal of Superman. The Superman that is going into the public domain will not be the quite Superman that you know. <clears throat> w <laughs> Warner Brothers slash Discovery slash whoever owns them today have keenly pointed out that when Superman first appeared in Action Comics, he did not possess the power of flight. Instead, he was able to leap tall buildings in the single bound. Okay? So, and that was part of his moniker when they first, you know, Superman leaps tall buildings in a single bound was the first cartoon that I knew Superman of. That's how they, they pushed it. Um, his chest was decorated by a rather bland yellow triangle with an S rather than the stylized Kryptonian shield. Again, that, that, they have made that into a giant logo, that, that chest symbol that is trademarked, that is a huge part of the modern Superman. You will not have access to that. Again, what is what is possible and, and what is available is really key in understanding the public domain. 
So uh, his 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 chest emblem, you know, you're gonna have to stick with that original one that's in Action Comics number one. Okay. Also, you know, Lex Luthor didn't appear until years later in 1940. So you're not getting Lex Luthor. You're just getting Superman. But honestly, come on, people, that's enough for my. That's enough for me and you. I I can nail that from the from the neck up. I know what Superman looks like in that face, that that spit curl. That's always been there. G- gimme, gimme, gimme. I can't wait. Okay. That's the one I'm frothing at the mouth. I'm frothing at the mouth over. So I just have to stay alive uh, about nine more years, okay? And maybe, just maybe, I don't have to seek anybody's approval to do a Superman story. And baby, believe you me, I will do the most kick-ass Superman story. So uh, so anyone, if in 2035 you want to even make a film about the non-flying Superman, uh, there won't be a whole lot that Warner Brothers will be able to do about it as long as you don't bring all the other stuff with you. So again, maybe get a jump start, get that Action Comics number one story, see what's available, see what you can exploit, because that and only that will be what you get to portray if there is not some other fight in Congress. And trust me, it looks as if, you know, nine, 10 years to go, 11 years. What am I saying? It's 11 years from now. Uh, uh, I mean, we, we have we have quite some time ahead of us in, in this regards. Now, also, James Bond. Yes, James Bond. James Bond uh, has elements of him that are already in the public domain, but not the Roger Moore James Bond, not, not so much any of the film James Bond that you've seen. What you will get access to is the James Bond that was originally depicted... <laughs> by Ian Fleming and he was more of the scrapper that as we know was depicted by uh by by in 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 the in the recent films with Daniel Craig that's the James Bond that you'll be able to kind of uh, assert but so much again if you go and you 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 really research what became of the James Bond mythos in recent years that is not going to be available to you okay and 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 so it is when you do your research, it really does become uh, evident and, and interesting about all these characters that are on the precipice. Um, again, Batman is going to fall into if things follow 2034, he's going to follow f- Superman's foot, footsteps. Superman will go first, Batman will go second. Now, do you really believe that Warner Brothers, Discovery, whoever owns them, uh, will we'll allow that to happen? I don't. I, again, I'm extremely doubtful. But Buck Rogers, getting back to Buck Rogers, he's available now. Now, here's the kicker. The funnest thing is, uh, and, and the reason I'm doing this at all, is the news that leaked a couple of years back, and now it's getting more attention in the spotlight as to uh, a character who is very much, I think, oh, known to everyone and is, and is possibly a little better known uh, because of all of the recent exploitations over the last decades beyond Buck Rogers, is Conan the Barbarian. And uh, Conan the Barbarian has uh, become a hot topic um, because suddenly people have a lot of plans for Conan the Barbarian because it was announced that the company that has owned the rights to the Conan the Barbarian uh uh, character that they are going to not renew their deal with Marvel Comics. Now, a, a licensing deal always has terms on it. Some are long, some are short. From, for instance, when I licensed Battlestar Galactica from uh, Universal Studios back in the early 90s, and the, the com- nothing comic book related had been out for, let's see, 78. It had been about 15, 16 years. I walked in the door. They were so thrilled that I wanted to do something with Battlestar Galactica, if I told you that for a four-year license I gave them $3,000, I I would ask for you to, yes, believe that. That is exactly what I paid. They were so happy somebody somewhere was willing to pay them money to get Battlestar Galactica out as comic books and and trade paperbacks, which, 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 which we did. And eventually that turned on a toy company that contacted us and Universal and made new characters based on our depictions of the characters in Battlestar Galactica. So we did a little jump start on the licensing. Now, the, 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 the reruns had been showing, were showing 
on the Sci-Fi Channel, back when the Sci-Fi Channel didn't do reality television and just showed old Sci-Fi stuff, movies and television. They were showing on weekends or late on weeknights, but it didn't have, I mean, they had a few hundred thousand eyeballs watching those shows. So they were thrilled to license that. I did a four-year license. I immediately set out to do all the stories that I wanted to do, that I wanted to see fulfilled with the Battlestar Galactica, the Battlestar Galactica characters that I did not see fulfilled you know, when I was a kid. And part of how I pulled that off was, you know, I wanted to see Battlestar Galactica truly reach Earth, not in the manner that it did in the reboot of Battlestar Galactica a couple years later called 1980. And so I wanted them to kind of come upon Earth in its inception, have an Adam and Eve kind of uh, echo, um, have, have the, you know, Battlestar Galactica characters realize that the Earth that they encounter um, has in fact already been contacted and there is someone else they need to to catch up with who's been there and left. So again, it, it became more of about the continual journey goes going beyond Earth of of actually um, you know contacting this final thirteenth colony, thirteenth fleet, you know more of mankind's uh, remnants and 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 evolution. And 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 then I I had a couple stories like that I wanted to do with Apollo and a couple Starbucks stories. But by the end of the day. I got all the stories, whether I wrote them or the people that I hired wrote them, out of my, you know, I got them out of my system. I was really proud of those books and those, we, we, we published them under Maximum Press, the Battlestar Galactica uh, line of comics. But when I was done, I didn't really feel like continuing it and um, and they wanted a lot more money, okay, on the second term. But I felt like we had done a really good job. We did stuff I was really proud of and we closed the books on our participation the Transformers and G.I. Joe are modern licenses that are being bounced. They were at Marvel. They've been at IDW. There's an announcement that they're moving on from IDW, but nothing has been certain as to where they're landing next. But licenses move. They move. The reason I gave you the Battlestar Galactica example, the reason I'm giving you the Transformers and G.I. Joe uh, example of Marvel to IDW uh, is that, in fact, the Conan license appears to be moving on from, uh, from, from Marvel Comics. The uh, CEO of Cabinet Entertainment is who owns the Conan properties. The uh, Cabinet Entertainment owns the properties. Their CEO is Frederick Malmberg. Uh, they were they previously owned a Swedish role playing game publishing house called Target Games and Paradox Entertainment. Uh, I'm sorry, Frederick Malmberg, the CEO of Cabinet Entertainment that owns the Conan properties was previously his himself a co-founder co-founder of Target Games and the CEO of Paradox Entertainment. So under the Conan Properties umbrella, they own Cole, uh, the Destroyer, they own Solomon Kane. They own so many of these uh, Conan-related Robert E. Howard characters. Now, I did a dedicated, I started a sword and sorcery kind of component in the second season here of Observations, and I launched it with a great story about Conan, how Conan came to be at Marvel, how Stanley didn't want to do him, how Roy Thomas kind of accidentally fell into him as he was trying to license a lesser uh, barbarian that they could start exploiting because they wanted to get into that fantasy realm, and they thought it would be cheaper, and there was no way that they could ever possibly get Conan or afford Conan. It turns out they did just fine, and Conan wanted, went on to be a giant mega, the number two selling franchise for Marvel for a giant chunk, five to six years of the 70s. Ultimately, at one point, giving them three to four different um, Conan magazines, uh, comic books, and, and Conan was a giant hit for them, a giant monster hit for Marvel Comics. It helped redefine who they were and who what they were capable of in terms of storytelling. It, it, it features some of the greatest work by Barry Windsor Smith, at the time called Barry Smith, and John Buscema, and all manner of other amazing talents and artists. Conan was a giant top seller Conan merchandise under the Marvel license. Uh, coins, stamps, posters, action figures. Marvel absolutely took Conan to brand new heights. They had Conan for, let's say, the better part of, I mean, 20 five some years until Conan then landed with Dark Horse and, and it was at Dark Horse for I, I you know the better part of two decades. Maybe not wire to wire 20 years, but a few years back, Marvel entered into an agreement to bring Conan back to uh to 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 their publishing house in 2019. And the exciting part was, and the thing that I love the most is that they put Conan alongside the existing Marvel canon by introducing the Savage Avengers and a time traveling component. You got Conan 
the Sumerian, as he was known in the Robert E. Howard uh, pulp novels, alongside Wolverine, alongside Venom, uh, you know, alongside modern Marvel icons. And I, that, that, that has been a really great series that I have watched and followed with an incredible interest. It's had some terrific covers, some terrific stories. It was just really cool that you put Conan alongside Wolverine and Venom and Punisher. Well, Conan the Barbarian went into the public do domain in the majority of Europe, okay? Uh, and, and, and in the public domain, uh, given they don't have the, the same rules that the United States now does with their, you know, nine, with the extension of this 95-year rule, thank you, Sonny Bono, from his Extension Act. The, 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 the Europeans don't have this, this same, uh, you know, purview laws about, about their, 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 their copyrighted properties. The Conan comics that are created and published in Europe and have been uh, have been republished in the United States by a publishing company called Ablaze, A-B-L-A-Z-E, one word, not two words, Ablaze. And, uh, but they call them the Sumerian, okay? So, so Conan the Sumerian is now just not Conan, it's the Sumerian. And they do that so that they're not infringing on our trademark use. Uh, again, Conan Properties allows all of this to happen because they control it. But Conan is indeed in Europe. They are, uh, pub he is a public domain character and you can make Conan stories. But again, I don't know if you have to fly all the way over there and print them in Europe, not only publish them in Europe, but um, certainly you can draw them here and, and, and do it there. But it, it, it has leaked out that Marvel will not be renewing uh, their publication of Conan. And, and the reason why is if suddenly three people are publishing Conan, Conan is not special. And when you pay money to get a property, you want that, you want your treatment of that character to be special. I would not have bought the Battlestar Galactica license for even $3,000 if they told me that three other publishing houses were going to be doing Battlestar Galactica at the same time. That's what happens when you fall into the public domain. Now, the crazy part is, if you can imagine, let's say if somebody like Superman does fall into the public domain and we all jump in and we all start making Superman comics, well, it's going to be the cream will have to rise to the top. It will be based on what Superman comic you like, what Superman comic you think is being done the best. And maybe... Possibly it won't be one coming out from DC Comics. Imagine the conundrum that, that they will find themselves in that time, in that space. Imagine that your Superman that you create is so successful, outselling DC, that they write you a giant check to absorb it and buy it from you. These are all the crazy scenarios that literally your brain could go crazy with kind of exploring, exploring the possibilities. So, so Marvel will probably get out of the Conan business, but it's rumored that, and wisely, that the Conan properties people will allow all of the renewed, all of these new paperbacks, omnibuses that Marvel has invested in, that those can maintain, that those can continue because it keeps it out there. They did the work. They should be proud of the work, want the work out there. And when I say they should be proud of the work, I mean Conan Properties. They allowed Marvel to make these amazing stories, these amazing characters. He might even be able to run around in Savage Avengers. And that adds the specialty, the speciality of Conan that no one else will have because Marvel's Conan will be able to still stand alongside Punisher, Wolverine, and Venom. Now, again, this is rumor. This is, this is kind of what the understanding is. But apparently, Conan Properties wants to publish their own Conan books in the United States, and they're taking that license back. In the meantime, Conan has been under public domain. And those stories in Europe, again, just to be clear, have been collected. And are you can go on Amazon right now. You can go buy The Sumerian. Google it. It's been happening for the last couple of years. It's a harder, more R-rated version of Conan that you're going to get from Marvel. But it is The Sumerian exists. It is clearly Conan. They are, he is called Conan in the pages, just not on the cover because then that is infringing on trademark. Again, copyright and trademark are not the same thing, not even remotely. Because the trademark speaks to the selling, my ability to wave it in front of your face and draw your attention to it away from the other. Now, trademark protects that, but copyright means you can you can you can make it, you can you can draw it, you can publish it, but maybe not exploit it on the cover because that matters. One of the most famous versions of this is a public domain character uh, called the, uh, a public domain character called Daredevil. Yes, there was a Daredevil before the Mac, the, the Matt Murdock 
uh, Daredevil. And he uh, is wickedly cool looking, which is why I believe he is the face of kind of the modern public domain character. His name, uh, the, the, the public domain uh, <clears throat> Daredevil, okay? I, I, I cannot even tell you how cool he looks. He is just one cool uh, looking character. He's, he's got like half red and half black all the way down, um, all, all the way kind of down the center. And uh, <laughs> so, so the thing is, um, this, this uh, character, this version of Daredevil, okay, his name was Bart Hill. And he took up uh, his crime-fighting ways and his, his identity, and he throws a boomerang. And he became a character called Daredevil. This character has um, fallen into the public domain, and Eric Larson has depicted him many times uh, in the pages of The Savage Dragon, as has... Uh, you've seen depictions of him in Dynamite's uh, uh, public domain series, and where they call him the death-defying devil. They, they want to put him on the cover his name, but they've changed it from Daredevil to Death Defying Devil. He's also been referred to Red Devil and just Devil. But uh so so he was created by Jack Binder and Don Rico. Okay. The Daredevil name that Marvel Comics has, they were able to get the copyright and trademark too. It, 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 people question it, but you won't ever defeat that in court. They will outspend you and they will have a a, a statute of kind of operations and an example of doing Daredevil so long that you will not be able to jump around that. That's why, you know, Dynamite calls them their death-defying devil. Could they? Possibly? Maybe. Call him Daredevil, but they, they've chosen not to pick that fight. So Bart Hill uh, and, and his persona of Daredevil are in the public domain, but you cannot put Daredevil, him on the cover as Daredevil. You can put him on the cover, as Eric Larson has, feels like a dozen times. Uh, uh, the death-defying devil, which looks exactly like the public domain Daredevil. They just changed the name. Again, other people have used this exact persona, uh, the Bart Hill version, and they've just called him Devil, Death Defying Devil, De all of these. I mean, Red Devil. He's a He is the face of the public domain in the last 20 years because of the depictions of him by Eric Larson and Alex Ross, in my estimation, okay? Uh, that, that, that is why I believe he has gotten the extent of, and, and the run that he has he has gotten is because he looks so cool. And the fact that he used to be called Daredevil. So they dig it. So uh so 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 he's also, I mean, he has appeared in all manner of different comics. Uh Eric has has used him again repeatedly. I think my favorite version of Daredevil, the public domain Daredevil, the half blue, half red from 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 skull to, to toe, is is the one that, that Eric depicts. Um and again, he, he, he is, uh, you know, this kind of falls under the Sumerian uh, uh, kind of example that, that, that is being used with Conan. This character exists. He's being exploited. He is on the covers. He has been portrayed beautifully by Alex Ross, by Eric Larson, but never never on a cover called Daredevil. But he's running around on covers of, of Savage Dragon. He's running around on, on the Dynamite Comics books, but they just call him Death Defying Devil. And, and, and that has existed. And they are, you know, not wanting to get in front of Marvel, who again got their, you know, access to Daredevil, and they have their Daredevil, Daredevil the Matthew Murdoch celebrated greatest, you know, um, work of Frank Miller's career, Daredevil, Electra, Stick, Hand, all that stuff. You're not going to win that showdown with Marvel, especially. I mean, come on, Daredevil, his his appearances in in all manner of different um, uh, property. I mean, his. Recent appearance in Spider-Man, his Netflix shows. I mean, Marvel has that name, but but the the public domain Daredevil is a great character, and you could conceivably, as so many have, put him in your book, but you're not going to put on the cover that he's Daredevil. But back to Conan. So Conan uh, is uh, it ha has been you know exploited by Marvel since 2019, but it appears as if that license is over. This leaked because a artist said saying goodbye to Esad Ribic's Conan cover work at Marvel because there will be no follow-up as Marvel will no longer be licensing the characters. This came out on Twitter, of course. Then the, uh, the, the, uh, then 
the the CEO of Conan Properties tweeted out and said, "Hey, who wants? Who would you like to see portray Conan?" So now they're just they're kind of running with it. The leak is out there. They're they're saying, "Who would you like to see?" As if because they're going to take over the exploitation of of Conan. So all of this has really been percolating in the last few days. So so if Marvel is in fact no longer going to do the Conan the Barbarian comics and Cabinet Entertainment, who owns Conan Properties, is going to do the Conan books. You know, they're, they're putting it out there like, who would you want to do this? Well, again, people have taken to Twitter to put all of their great ideas. Of course, this also, you know, covers King Conan, Conan. Um, there, 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 is, uh, there is a lot that Marvel will not be doing suddenly with Conan anymore uh, be, be, because, because, again, they, they are going to very much want cabinet entertainment. The Conan properties people are going to very much want to have all the access to Conan that they want. But again, Conan in Europe is public domain due to their, uh, due to, due, due to their, uh, different, you know, trademark and copyright rules and laws. And so, so, uh, those exploits, uh, have been going on and are reprinted here uh, in the in in the uh, in the in the under the guise of the Sumerian by again a company called Ablaze. So uh, the the Robert E. Howard original Conan works are seventy five years old in Europe. They are uh, publicly available, um, and so so the uh, the short stories that Howard did lapsed into public domain, and there was no belief that the cost of extending those short stories, the copyrights on those would be recouped. So now because those stories are in the public domain, they can be bundled, they can be sold, um, and they can be, you know, uh, uh, they can be, you know, I guess plundered where you can take, uh, you know, Conan's, uh, you know, the content of Conan and, and, and exploit him over in Europe. And Conan the Barbarian is a great character. That world is a great character. He is such an iconic visual and has been for, from the very beginning that, 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 that it should be an absolute no-brainer in regards to depicting the further adventure, adventures of Conan if you live over in Europe. And again, here called the Sumerian. And to wrap the entire Conan thing up in a tiny, giant, little, giant bow. We'll tie it up in a bow. Uh, and, and kind of, and kind of finish this segment off, but really, this is the, this is the impetus of, of why I felt like, wow, we got to talk about public domain today because Conan is, is a really big name grabbing a lot of big headlines, but <clears throat> Robert E. Howard, the author of Conan, he died in 1936. If you, if you, you don't know, he, he committed suicide. Uh, the European copyright laws dictate that his work uh, would become public domain. They have a 70-year statute on theirs. So he, his work, his original Conan stories became public domain as far back as 2006, only in Europe, European countries only. They can produce their own Conan content as long as it stays within Europe. So a French publisher uh, named Glenat uh, started to release their own 12-issue Conan the Barbarian comic in 2018. So, so, I mean, th this is when the, the power of the license was shifting from Dark Horse to Marvel. Uh, over in the U.S., though, the, the Conan is going to be protected under our copyright laws. Our copyright laws. Thank you, Sonny Bono, for his, again, uh, very, very Walt Disney-supported, uh, backed, uh, inspired uh, extension act that he got through. And, uh, and again, they always say, you know, all these senators, you know, Congressmen, they're all bought and paid for by big corporation. This is an example. Many people point to this as a huge example how Sonny Bono, Sonny Bono put through uh, this 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 uh, bill that extended uh, this battle and, and gave the big corporations an additional 20 years. Two decades is a really long time. But over here on the U.S. shores, Conan will not be in the public domain until 2031 because of that Sonny Bono uh, uh, copyright extension. So, uh, you know, once that hits, you know, we'll see how many Conan and Cole and all, all, all other manner of characters get, get carried. But again, the, the, the statute of, of limitations in, in Europe is, is, uh, 
it's it's you know it's 70 years and and so that freed it up but when when they when when it travels over here when it travels to our shores it's it's much the, the copyright is is further and as you know uh you know as i've mentioned several times the publisher ablaze is giving us those conan works under the title of the sumerian to kind of get around all of this but bottom line uh after bouncing between marvel and dark horse for so long that you know uh we now have a situation with the current with the current uh holder of the 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 conan licenses uh wanting to publish their their own stuff the conan properties um will 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 withdraw from marvel and we will see what the future holds and eventually uh here in the united states you also could make conan work so you know th there's an entire second part of this we can go multiple hours on this because characters such as uh captain marvel the Sh shazam the, the shazam currently dc and more importantly plastic man uh also fall under this kind of first appearance the copyright is out there you could potentially do plastic man and 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 and, and stories uh along those lines so so again as long as it's not promoted on the cover with the logo with the character's name because then that breaks trademark law so i've spent the better part of this hour really trying to explain to you that even though we are sitting in a period of time where mickey mouse and batman and superman uh so many of the Looney Tunes characters are going to fall into the public domain. They are very specific, very, very narrow versions of those characters. But, but for me, if I got that first appearance of Batman, or if I got that first appearance of Superman, and there are so many obviously talented folks uh, who, who, who would do amazing versions if those were given. And then you go, well, why would you want to do that? It's just fun. I think the bottom line is what, what drives all this all the time is just fun. No one wants to steal from somebody else. No one believes that their version is going to blow up again. But will there, do I believe at some point in time, there will become a version of somebody's, uh, you know, uh, interpretation of one of these characters that will become so ridiculously well-received that then that version will then be entered into an agreement to be co-opted by one of the existing corporations. I, I absolutely do. I do. I am. I would love to do a Superman story that I could do on my own that I wouldn't have to fit into a very um, specific box to fulfill the um, the the expectations. It'd be great. The, the freedom and the fun is what drives all of this. So Buck Rogers, we got two of them. The, the Mission Impossible and Top Gun producers who spend hundreds of millions of dollars on their productions and then legendary pictures, hundreds of millions of dollars. That's, that's what really makes these both stand out is the fact that two giant mega watt, mega million producing uh, entities are looking to give you Buck Rogers material is a sign of what I believe uh, is to come in, in the very, very near future. Hey, you may have a relationship with a giant production entity and just announce when Superman goes into the public domain that you're going to, um, want to do something with it and and just on the announcement and the material alone you may get you know uh, uh bought out by potentially whoever owns warner brothers and has that control at that time so today we dove into this world of public domain i really want you to understand the difference between copyright and trademark and again i, I spent a great deal of time again with mickey mouse and then again S superman very specific aspects of those characters will be allowed not the current again as i said the, the derivative version, because again, always updating the characters, you know, Thor is a part of Greek mythology, but there are very specific depictions that you can make of Thor that are not going to infringe on Marvel's Thor. I did a version of Thor in my Snake Eyes G.I. Joe miniseries. The hammer of Thor was important to the story. It was part of what Snake Eyes needed to battle the dead sword. And uh, in my Snake Eyes game, and, and I had to clear with Hasbro, who has an existing relationship with Marvel, pub making, producing uh, Thor toys for their Marvel toy line. 
I had to thread that needle with them that I would not infringe on the 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 version of Thor that they're in business with. So do I hold out hope that there's going to be a Snake Eyes dead game Thor? There could be because again he's part of Greek mythology, and as and and again immediately part of that word public domain. But again, you got to thread those needles. You got to do it carefully. I had to create a version and a hammer that was not depicted and or uh, you know similar to anything that Marvel has done with their very specific version, very specific version of Thor, the god of thunder. So anyway, public domain. We are looking at a treasure trove coming up, and there's already plenty of great ones. Again, check out that uh, Golden Age Daredevil that both Eric Larson. Uh, Alex Ross, and believe me, believe you, I, I will also be adding my name to that list. There is a large number of public domain characters that I want to take a shot at, but it it, it just hasn't been in the cards this this last year. Um, but we are definitely entering a fun new kind of phase, and and today was the day that we kind of set the groundwork. There's going to be a follow up public domain episode as we continue to walk down this. But Conan in Europe is public domain. And that is exciting. That is fascinating. You could literally make a Conan movie as long as it never was distributed in the United States. It would have to be made in Europe, distributed in Europe. Uh, so, I mean, there, there, there's, I've, I actually did a lot of reading, a lot of research on this. But the Sumerian, the European adventures done outside of Marvel and Dark Horse, adapting, adapting up to 12 of Robert E. Howard's Conan books, they exist. They're happening. They, they've been happening for the last two and a half years overseas. So again, very, very fascinating. And, and there may be some of you listening that say this, this stuff should never go to the public domain. The people who invested in curating those stories and that image, they should have those forever. That is an argument for another day, but not today. So hey, public domain, we swam in those waters. We explored it. I hope you guys were as interested in it as as I was. Um, you know, may, maybe again in, in, in 2027, we'll all be firing up our, our cameras and making our own Conan movies, because that's when Mr. Conan is set to uh, to expire. At least, uh, depending on the stuff that I've read, that's the that's the date that most agree on. So, thank you again for listening to the show. I appreciate you guys so much. At the end of every show is when I read your very generous, um, very uh, just really beyond enthusiastic. Uh, reviews that you leave us on the platforms, on the different platforms that you hear, Apple, all the different platforms that you may listen to the Rob Observations podcast. I uh, ask that you uh, leave, a, leave a review for us. Uh, it helps us stand out. It helps it helps our, our performance. It helps our profile on these platforms. And I appreciate it so much that I read those reviews at the end of every show. Today, I am reading a show from ICC Trombone, I-C-C-T-R-O-M-B-O-N-E, gave us five stars, which I appreciate very much. He says, you broke my heart. Very sad title, but it says, I was almost at tears with the love and the respect that you showed Mr. George Perez. He and John Byrne were the top dogs while I was collecting in the 1980s, but Perez was certainly the better man of the two. This is again, according to I-C-C Trombone. Also at the end, he signs his name, George Neves. Uh... I have never heard of a bad interaction associated with George Perez. He then says, the other guy, dot, dot, dot. Well, enough said. I appreciate you just kind of, I'm going to say that I appreciate in this review, you just kind of bypass that, skirt it. It says, Rob, thank you for having your podcast and thank you for having it come out regularly for us geeks to feast on George Neves. Knives. I hope I said it right. I know I get my name mispronounced all the time. So George, ICC trombone. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I have nothing uh, but love for George. The thing with George Perez is I met him when I was literally 13 years old. I have known the man so, I mean, so long. And I had a relationship with him as a young teenager and he would call my house. And of course, I I, uh, I covered so much of this. He was a great source of inspiration and I appreciate uh, all that he left for us. We will miss him dearly. Thank you for that review. When you leave reviews, I read them at the end of the show. I, I say your name. I read your reviews. I appreciate it so much, guys. It helps us out so much. I am all over social media. On Instagram, I am at Rob Liefeld. Just at Rob Liefeld. You'll find me. I have a blue check that tells you it's really me that you're speaking to. Um, I, I read your comments, your messages. 
um, all of your, your, your DMs. I try and catch up and respond to each and every one on Twitter. I am at Robert Liefeld, the fuller, longer name. My Rob Liefeld was squatted long ago. If, 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 if you're going to talk to me on Twitter, I'm at Robert Liefeld. I have a blue check. It's really me. I am all over Facebook. I have a public domain, uh, uh, a fan page called Public Domain Characters. If you'd like to follow that, I have a Rob Liefeld. It's called Rob Liefeld and Extreme Group on Facebook. Personally, I'm all over there. I'm all in. I'm all over all manner of sci-fi and comic book groups. I love Facebook. It's a place to great to to find tribes and interact with our tribes, and that's what I enjoy. You guys, this is the time that I tell you and I stress to you more than ever. Again, um, having lost a dear loved one recently. Um, reach out, spend time with people you love, people you care about, have good times, share good memories, tell great stories, eat great food, watch movies, read books, have great experiences. You guys take care of yourselves mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Um, I am rooting for you at all times. Just, just know that I'm cheering you on. I hope you're cheering me on too. You guys take care of yourselves above all else. Please hurry back. Uh, visit me again soon. I'm going to be here and we will talk again real soon.